Welcome to the Million Pound Biller Coffee Break Podcast. These are short podcasts for you to listen to at a coffee break. Developed to give you some quick ideas on how to help you build your desk and business. Now, over to Adrian Mansfield, the Million Pound Biller for today's Coffee Break Podcast. Welcome to the Million Pound Biller Podcast. I'm Adrian Mansfield, and in my 20 plus years in recruitment, I've had a number of million pound years. I've worked in most of the major recruitment markets and in all sales roles within a recruitment agency. I've also run my own company and set up companies both in the UK and in several international locations. Recruitment has given me the opportunity to travel the world and see some of the best and worst places on offer, from Australia to Afghanistan and many more in between. The Million Pound Biller podcast offers those at any level in recruitment tips and ideas from me and my contacts, both inside and outside recruitment, but all from the coalface. Information and ideas that can be taken back to your day-to-day careers and put you on the path to a million pound year. The cornerstone of my success over the years has been my willingness to learn and develop my skills, something I still do every day. Now I'm offering you some of my ideas and thoughts that will allow you to squeeze the most out of your recruitment career, no matter what level you're at and where you're aiming for. Every journey, even one to a million pounds, starts with a single step. So let's take that first step together. Welcome to week 37 of the Coffee Break podcast. We're another week closer to Christmas and the lights are starting to go on in people's homes. And at least in the UK, we're being buffeted by the twin storms of Barra and Covid. The latter is leaving things slightly up in the air in relation to Christmas, at least outside the political sphere of office parties. But I hope we'll be able to get near to a full Christmas celebration this year. It feels like as a population, we just need a good celebration and to move on into 2022 with some positive vibes. I personally am very positive about 2022. I feel that we're in for a good year in business and personally, I'm looking forward to seeing the back of 2021, which whilst it wasn't anywhere near as bad as 2020, has been a tough year for a number of reasons. My business plans are now all set for next year and I spent some quiet time this week focused on my personal targets for next year. I always enjoy setting my personal goals as those are some of the small and big things I'll be aiming for in the 2022. I set small goals and have rewards attached to them and then have a few big goals for the year and those have rewards attached to them as well. I also have a very big target, which if I deliver on, will see me both being very happy in work and also have a nice new shiny item on my wrist this time next year. These goals and wins are a key to my success over the year. I build on my wins over the year by hitting a goal and celebrating it by way of some sort of prize. I build a winning mentality and this is the time of year I plan that build. So why not give it a go yourself? On to topic one this week. I often get asked what sort of a support group you need around you when you start a business. Starting a business on your own can be a solitary existence, even when you start to bring in new staff. They will always be looking to you to lead, and therefore they won't be peers in the same way you would have in an employed role. Equally, you don't have a boss looking over your work anymore or setting your targets. That has some huge benefits, but equally some negatives. Therefore, I suggest that you look to build a circle of support that you can go to with queries or issues and things that will add to your business. The goal with your circle is to put people in it that will help you. It can change over time as a business evolves, but there are some types of people that seem to be common in most successful people's circles. I've built up a list, having spoken to a range of business owners, and I've come up with some specific ideas that I thought would be good to share with you. Now, this is obviously a very subjective position, and there is no consensus, but in terms of an idea or a thought process, I think this is good to start with. These are in no specific order, by the way. They're just the ones I've come up with. Number one. A mentor, a coach, or both. The goal is to have someone you trust and will tell you not what you want to hear, but rather what you need to hear. 
This person can also be a great sounding board for the ideas you have. Ideally, they'll have a background that allows them to relate to your issues, even if they work or worked in a different sector. Whilst this could be somebody in your family, it was suggested by many people I spoke to that it would be probably better if it wasn't a direct family member, as the family bond can often outweigh the tough advice. But that would be for you to decide. There is also nothing stopping you adding a family member as well as part of your circle and perhaps having them alongside your mentor or coach. Number two, an accountant. A new company should look to bring in an accountant. Now, this isn't necessarily the person who does your books, but rather they're there to support and complete your account each year and also to ensure that the business completes all its statutory reports for the government. I've heard from a number of people that the best accountants can become your quasi-finance director. They may come to board meetings and provide guidance on key finance queries. Overall, a saying I've heard when I first started out in business still rings true today. A good accountant saves you money and time. If your accountant isn't doing that, then maybe it's worth a review and finding someone who can. Number three, legal support. Now, I don't suggest necessarily having a solicitor in most of your circles, but I did hear from many people that I spoke to that having somebody in the legal profession, somebody in the legal contact, is a good person to have on side. This is the idea is somebody you can go to with basic issues who knows the market in your area for lawyers and solicitors and can therefore point you to a good lawyer for any particular big issue that comes up. Believe me, when that issue comes up, the first person you want to find is a good lawyer. A wealth manager, number four. Now, we've spoken about this on the podcast that's coming up with Mike Ames very soon. But this, for me, is a key person in your circle. And they're directly there for you, i.e. they're not there for your business. They're to help you reach your financial goals, and they can advise you how to get your business to help you do that. As with all the people in your circle, the key with this person is to be truthful. Let them know the full picture of where you are, where you are financially, and where you want to get to, and how you think you can get there. And they'll be able to help you chart that course with their support and their numbers. Finally, trusted peers. Now, this doesn't have to be one person. It could be a group of people. But these are people from your career who are where you are or have been where you are now. They can directly relate to the issues you're going through. And in many cases, they've been through that themselves. This is the sort of person you can call up and ask for a beer or a coffee and share your issues. And they'll probably have some ideas from a real life scenario to help you plot a new course. They differ from the mentor and coach in that the mentor coach will probably not suggest options directly. They'll instead help you work out the ideas yourself. But this person, these trusted peers, can often have real life ideas that perhaps make you go in a different direction. Now, this isn't an exhaustive list, but it is a good start. If you can point to people to fill each of these posts in your circle, you'll be in a great position to deal with anything that's thrown at you. One note on this is the oft quoted point that a person is a product of the people they surround themselves with. So when you're building your circle, be selective. Build it to match the future goals of your company. Now, that doesn't mean you need to go for one of the big four accountants today because you want to be a 100 million company tomorrow. But don't be afraid to add to it or change the circle as your business grows. Let's say you get to a 10 million turnover, but your goal is to get to 50 million. So look in the group in the circle and work out, is there anybody in that circle that's made that leap, who's been in that position? And if not, try to get them into your circle. On to topic two for this week, a new way to look at your desk. I was chatting this week to a fellow agency and speaking about their conversion rate, which is around eight roles in for one placement made. Now, this agency was big enough to be able to deal with that issue. They had processes in place to deal with that level of wasted work. But it got me thinking, how could a new or a young agency cope with having to work on eight roles to get one placement? That could mean getting 30 to 50 roles in a month to deliver any significant growth. 
then that's fine if you have seven to ten salespeople working on it and a number of long-term clients as the case the agency are speaking to. But if it's just you and maybe one other person, that's an almost impossible level of business to try and fill. So how about flipping the metric? How many sales do you want to make? What's the least number of roles you can take on to make that number of sales? Now, the answer to this is obviously the same number of roles as sales you want to make. So if you want to make four sales, then the least number of roles you could, could take on to get that number of sales is four. But let's say you want to add a margin. Don't go crazy, but let's say eight roles to get four placements. So what does that mean? It means that you only have eight working slots in any month. And when you fill one slot, it's gone. It can't be used anymore. If you start to see roles in that light, you'll be much more selective about taking on a role. Working a post with eight other competitors in a company whose track record of poor feedback and slow processes probably means you're not going to get the post at the piece field. Would you really add that to a finite number of slots? On the other hand, a role given exclusively to you with a fixed date for interviews would absolutely be worth wasting a slot on. The other benefit of this is that you start to put value on your time. You would also have much more time to focus on each role. Let's say you have 30 hours in a week you can give over to sourcing directly and you have eight roles. That means you have about 15 hours in each week to work on filling those roles. Two roles a week, 30 hours a week, 15 hours ago. Whereas under the normal method that most agencies use, most roles get only three to four hours focused, if that. So what do you think the results would look like to your client if you spent 15 hours on that role versus somebody who's spending three hours? What do you think their perception would be to the results that you get? I would contend that if you're able to focus this much time on a single role, you'll be able to offer a much better solution. You'll be able to conduct detailed interviews with candidates. You'd be able to source those difficult candidates you want to fill that particular role. And you'd be able to take the time to present the candidates in the best light to your client, all of which is a much better result for your client. Finally, the other benefit of this method is that you have the option to say no to a client. Sorry, Mrs. Client, I can't take on your role this month. I have a method that I work to and my slots for this month are full. I can work on your post, but it will be next month. But for me to work on it, and for me to be worth focusing on time that I need to put on it, I will need X, Y, and Z from you before I do. However, in return for what I'm going to be offering you, you'll get dedicated time and the following other benefits to work on as I do. This is a virtuous circle. It will show a great deal of benefit to you and your business. So never be afraid to lock down a fixed number of roles you want to work on and then be picky what makes the grade for your focus. I suspect if you're able to do this, you'll notice that far from reducing your sales, it will instead dramatically increase them without any significant additional work. I hope these ideas this week are useful to you. And as always, I look forward to interacting with you on social media over the coming days about these issues. The second interview from my first returning guest is coming out early next week. So please like and subscribe wherever you get this podcast so you don't miss on that interview when it comes out. And in the meantime, I'll speak to you all again with another coffee break next week. And until then, enjoy the journey.